0: Hello Isabel, we're just admiring your flowers. Hello Lee, how are you darling? Right, that's a Facebook view and I don't want the Facebook view, I want the real view, there we go, that's wonderful. There we are live on Facebook, and we have people coming in. You are allowed to talk, everybody. Um, we are all about communication.
1: Absolutely. Good evening, everybody.
0: You have to unmute. Oh, Roger Young! Oh, goodness, somebody showed him how to use Zoom. How wonderful!
1: You have to unmute yourselves, guys. No, nobody wants to unmute themselves. There you go. Is that Isabel? It is. Good evening, Isabel. I don't think we've met before.
2: I have seen you uh, after Finley College a long time ago. And you've managed to live through that
0: experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember, Tim, that was when you were a lot younger. <laughs> oh, that's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's when you know. were a boy. <laughs> <laughs> As glenn said. Yeah. <laughs> Hello Dennis, how are you sir? Good evening, oh, good evening. <laughs> You're all up, Roger?
1: Hi, hello, sorry I was on mute. <laughs> Hi Tim. Hi there. Long time as I saw you, you came to Swanage once didn't you, you gave a little hello. seminar down there. <laughs> I did go to go to Swanage many years ago.
2: It was many years ago, yeah.
1: Okay. Hey. Yeah, I have a funny story about that visit to Swanage, funny enough. Yeah. A funny story, but uh, we won't tell that now.
0: Yeah. Swamish is a funny town. Actually,
1: oh, come on. Not nearly as fun as cool. Actually we um, we did the seminar in a beautiful place um very near a vintage railway station that's right yeah um it was, i remember there was, was lots and lots of glass in the field well the uh, most exciting thing is always a bit of shunting <laughs> a bit of shunting yeah. but i don't mind a bit of shunting every now and yeah. then
0: <laughs> Anyway, everybody, uh, just in case you haven't seen the uh, warning that would have come up on your screen, this is also being streamed live to Facebook tonight. Uh, so I will be monitoring Facebook here and bringing up any questions that may come from Facebook land. So a very warm welcome and a huge thank you to the wonderful Tim Abbott, a DSNU F M S T F, if I remember correctly
1: can't remember myself half the time, mate. But, yeah, I think you're
0: correct. I think you're right in that. <laughs> uh, Tim is currently engaged in training over in Switzerland, so uh, ever so grateful that he's found this time in his extremely busy schedule to share this evening with us. And tonight, Tim, you will be talking about the value of the evidence of uh, our communications in, in your own inimitable fashion. So if I could ask all the other participants just to mute themselves during this time, and then we will be taking questions throughout. You can either use your reactions button to raise your hand or wave furiously at the uh, screen. I won't assume that you are drowning and I will let you speak. And for people joining us on Facebook, if you could just type your questions into the comments bar, which I'm monitoring, and I will bring those up for you. So without further ado, Mr Abbott, sir, I hand over to you, you wonderful gentleman.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Lawrence. It's uh, lovely to be here. Uh, and it's uh, lovely to to re-meet and catch up and reconnect with the uh, old friends and uh, a very much a current friend and colleague uh, in Andy Ford there But so it's lovely to to see you all here this evening and as Lawrence uh, so rightly said we're going to be looking at uh, evidence and the value of evidence what is evidence because there's a big difference between evidence and information that is relayed Within the acts and the craft of, of mediumship. And I think the first thing we have to do is, is accept and acknowledge that mediumship is not restricted to, to spiritualism. I am a spiritualist and I'm proud to be a spiritualist. But mediumship, spirit communication, is not uh, restricted to uh, spiritualism. You know, since man has crawled out of the caves, that man has had, a, has recognised that there is something beyond this earthly existence. That there is a power and education uh, beyond uh, this earthly existence. And indeed, in those early days of man, they would worship things like uh, uh, the sun gods and, uh, and and different stars and planets. Uh, we look at pagan. Paganism and and where they interact with the energy and and the life force of Mother Nature. Um, And uh, you know, the Dalai Lama, I don't know if it's still current, but the Dalai Lama has uh, a trance medium, Tibetan trance medium. Uh, And indeed, uh, you know, it was uh, the trance medium that told the Dalai Lama in a trance city, uh, get out of Tibet. They are coming for you. Get out of Tibet. When the um, uh, is it the Japanese, the Chinese, invaded Tibet, uh, and he then, uh, as we know, moved out into India, where he resides now, bless him. Um, that, was a, that was a trance medium, or what we would perceive as a trance medium. So there are many different walks of life, many different belief systems that acknowledge uh, the spirit world, heaven, paradise, whatever title they wish to put on it, and that there is an ability to communicate and interact with those said worlds. So I think what we need to do from a spiritualist point of view, if you're not a spiritualist, I'm sure you're... you're you're comfortable in the reality of the spirit world. And that the spirit world is a world of intelligence. We acknowledge that because they can communicate with us. But I think uh, as a collective, I think what we need to do is look at what is the definition of evidence within mediumship? What is the definition of that? And I think we have to give that some thought because sadly, Not everything a medium gives is evidence, and we'll talk about that. But for me, and this is my opinion, and I'm not saying you have to embrace my opinion, you have to find your truth, what your definition of evidence is. But for me, the definition of evidence is an expression of the intelligence, the presence, and the personality of that communicating spirit. The definition of evidence for me is an expression of the intelligence, the presence and the personality of that communicating spirit. Evidence is not, I have your father here. That's not evidence. That's just words. If the medium who makes that statement, I have your father here, then goes on and gives additional evidence to support that statement, I have your father here, and then the statement "I have your father here" becomes evidence. For example, I have your father here. That's not evidence. I have your father here. He tells me his name is uh, Leonard. He died when he was seventy-seven of motor neuron disease, and he lived in the Cambridge area. And if all that information—that's actually my father, by the way—if uh, that information is correct. Uh, then the statement, I have your father it, becomes evidence. I hope that makes sense. If it does, please put your thumb up to me. Wonderful. We also have to acknowledge, I think, um, that there is a difference between evidence and information. Uh, and you hear statements, for example, I have a man here who's bringing you a lot of light. And I think, well, yes. One of the light bulbs in my um, one of the light bulbs in my uh, front room is gone, so I do need a bit of light. But I I have a man here who's bringing you a lot of light. I have a man here who's bringing you a lot of love. Uh, I have a man here who's bringing you a lot of upliftment. As pretty as those words are, they don't tell me who the man is. They don't tell me who the man is. So it's just information. It's not evidence. Now, I have a man with me here who brings you a lot of love, a lot of light, and a lot of upliftment. Has value if, before those statements, you have proven who that man is. So if you've given, I have your father here, his name is Leonard, he died at 77, of motor neuron disease, and he lived in the Cambridge area, and your client says, yes, that's definitely my father. Well, he's bringing you a lot of upliftment at the moment, because there's something going on in your life where you need support, and you think, yes, there is. Now he brings you a lot of upliftment, becomes evidence. Are you comfortable with that? Wonderful. So, actually, what this tells us is evidence and information can interchange depending on how and where the medium offers it and presents it. And what I what I um, see and, and, I, and I, I turn to people like Andy Ford here that I know teaches uh, a lot and actually Andy and I did a week long residential course not long ago. We had uh, 42 students up in the north of England and had a wonderful week teaching there with the lovely Maura Hawkins. Um, um, if you think about uh how we present the evidence a lot of teachers will observe the energy of a student working and and you'll see from a teacher's point of view that they're in the in the company of the spirit world and again let's say father and you are aware of the information or the transference of thought energy from said father to the medium and then when the medium comes to or the student comes to relay it to the client, they relay something slightly different. For example, the father says, my name is Leonard. That was my father's name. My name is Leonard. The medium may say, do you understand the name Leonard? And that's not what my father said. My father said, my name is Leonard. And do you understand the name Leonard is not evidence even if you've proven you have my father before you make that statement. Because what is the medium referring to? My father's name, my father's brother's name, my name, the recipient, the name of his dog, the the pet name for his car. What is the medium referring to? Because the medium hasn't explained that. What they've given is a one-worded statement based around the word Leonard. Do you understand the name Leonard? When if they just had the strength in their mediumship and their relationship with that communicator to give what the communicator gave, my name is Leonard. Therefore, the medium would say, this gentleman I have here is telling me his name's is Leonard. Now that is evidence, an expression of the intelligence of that communicator. What we see a lot of in churches is what I call one-worded statements. If we stay with the presentation of evidence, the presentation of mediumship. We see a lot of one-worded statements in our churches in every Sunday. Now, I'm not belittling mediums for doing that. People work at their own ability. And what I mean by one-worded statements, you will see, and I'm sure all of us have seen this, where the medium will say, you would understand August as an anniversary. August being the one word, of course. The statement built around the word August. Well, what about August? My father definitely has not stood in the spirit world and said, August. My father never spoke like that when he was on it. My father never spoke in one-worded statements. My father was very comfortable. Uh, He was very much a man's man, very practical man. And he was very comfortable to to speak in false statements. Come to think of it, all of our loved ones in the spirit world Speaking false statements. So if I if I express some evidence about my father, for example, Leonard, August, Boots, Stock Car, nobody speaks like that. What my father would say is, "My name is Leonard. Uh, I had a dog called Boots, and I used to be a stock car driver." there would be intelligence within those statements. Yet mediums, because they haven't got the confidence to surrender to the company of the spirit, will limit themselves to those one-worded statements and present it in that way. So now it no longer becomes evidence. The way that my father presented it was evidence. But the way that the medium presents it is now just become information. And the client's thinking, Yes, I can take Leonard. Boots, yes my, yes, my father always wore a pair of boots. Stock car. Yeah, my father was a stock car driver. Uh, and now, now the client has become the medium because the client is now acknowledging what those, what those words mean. So it's the client that is, that is perceiving it and turning it into evidence, not the medium. But it's the medium's job to do that on behalf of the communicating spirit. I hope that makes sense. Another way that a medium can turn that information into those statements, into evidence, of course, is move their awareness back to the communicating spirit, because they've either misunderstood or through their sensitivity, not been aware of the full statement, boots. Um, uh, And you take your awareness back to said father, but father, what are you talking about when you say boots? You used to have a pair of boots. You've, you've left some working boots. No, no, I had a dog called Boots. Ah, your father is telling me he had a dog called Boots. That's evidence because it's an expression of the intelligence of spirit. The other way that a medium will, and there is normally only three ways, will express the evidence is for, for, through a full story. So we go back to father again, Uh, and father says, I have a dog called Boots, and I used to show Boots at dog shows, and we won a few first prizes, you know, first in show. Uh, My father used to breed lurchers, lurcher dogs, uh, and he won a few uh, uh, dog shows in East Anglia, my family comes from East Anglia. Not that I live in East Anglia now. So uh, Boots is the name of my dog, and I used to show boots in in dog shows, and we won a few prizes for boots. Um, I had several lurcher dogs. One of them, Lady, became a house dog, and she just used to lay in front of the fire all day and just sleep. Even when Bix used to spit out of the fire and scold her, she was too lazy, she just used to sit there. A story unfolds. A story that expresses the intelligence of my father's uh, personality, intelligence, uh, 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 presence there within the company, the mind telepathic and the energy of the medium. Uh, I hope that makes sense to you. Now, now we need to look at uh, the, uh, what I call old-fashioned evidence and modern evidence. Now, if you have, for example, uh, an uncle and a cousin in the spirit world, let's say the uncle died in 1955. Both cousin and uncle die of exactly the same thing. Um, And um, uncle comes home from work, walks into his house. He died in 1955. He fell down with a heart attack. Before he died, he reached for the house phone. Remember the old house phone with the holes in it with the numbers, and you'd put your finger in the hole, and you go <laughs> remember that? And hold, hold the dialing thing to, you, to your ear. Uh, uh, and, and uncle phoned the ambulance, and the ambulance came, but so he was too late. He, he was in the middle of cooking his meal. Meat and two veg. Um, A good, evidentially, a good story. A sad story of Uncle dying, but a good story. The same story, but in a modern version. Your cousin died in 2020. He came home from his job. He was a computer technician. Came home from his job. He uh, couldn't be bothered to, to, to cook a meal. So he phoned for a pizza, a takeaway pizza, which is what they all seem to do these days. Uh, but he took a heart attack. He didn't reach for the house phone because there wasn't a house phone. He reached in his pocket for his mobile phone and dialed for uh, an ambulance, and the ambulance came. But sadly, he died before it came. The same story, but one is slightly more old fashioned than the other. And so we need to think about when we think about evidence, the era that the communicator came from and maybe how long they've been in the spirit world. Uh, And and if you look at within your development of your mediumship, different aspects of evidence, and we can take, I can just pluck one out of the air, for example, work, work. So in in England, we know that in the 1950s, there was quite a decent percentage of men who were minors. So therefore, there must have been quite a decent percentage of minors that died of what they used to call black lung disease. Well, that must be very rare now because there are virtually no minors left in England. Makes sense? Uh, a colleague of Andy's and mine, uh, her father, Died uh, a few years ago. Now, um, I'm thinking the Sheila's father, and seven years ago, or something like that. Must he be sitting. Hmm. Yeah. He was sitting at a computer and he took a heart attack, which is a very modern way of dying. Uh, so there must be a lot of people actually these days because just about everybody has a computer. Hey, you're looking at me through your computers right now where a lot of people die at sitting at their computers, as opposed to down the mine. So there's an example of, of evidence that changes over time, if you like old-fashioned evidence, modern evidence, clothing, cars, look how, look how much cars have changed uh, since the 1950s, since the 1950s. And look at how much they will change in the, in the um, next 20 years, 30 years. You know, you, you won't have uh, diesel and, and, and petrol cars. There'll all be battery and electric cars. Um, not quite getting their head around it yet, but it's coming, it's coming for all of us. Um, so lifestyles, lifestyles, um, families, family structures. My stepfather, who's now in the spirit world, is a dark skinned gentleman. My, my mother, in her second marriage, she married a dark skinned gentleman, a black man. Uh, and when I say to people, um, I have never had a communication from my, from my father, my, my stepfather, uh, and people say, Well, why is that? I said, I've always had communication from my natural father, but I had, a, I had a very loving relationship with my stepfather, but I've never had, it, had communication with him. Oh, why is that? I can only assume, and this sounds a bit brutal, but I can only assume because it's mediums are not allowing themselves in their mind. Remember, we're talking about mental mediumship here to assume that Tim has a black father. There's a black man here saying he's Tim's father. I ain't giving that off. I'm not giving that that can't be right. That's gotta be a no. And what stops us, you see, what stops us giving off evidence and solid evidence is is the fear of getting it wrong because we've all been grown up we've all been taught as children by our parents from a po- positive standpoint of course that yes is a, as a positive no is a negative negative. and psychologically we take that into our mediumship when a client says no to us we see that as a personal attack we see that as a personal attack those of you think about this Those of you who do sittings or have ever done a sitting, when your client says, when you get to the point in the sitting, and it's probably about five minutes into the sitting where your client says, yes, I definitely know who you have. If you're one of those that do sittings, I bet you a pound to a penny, you've had the experience where in your head you go, oh, thank God for that, I am a medium. I really am a medium. Oh, thank God. I'm not deluding myself. I really do have this man from the spirit side of life because my clients told me I that. Those of you who are mediums, I hope you would agree with that. However, what we need to look at is every time, every time I do a sitting. And, and hey, I've been doing it since I've been 19. Well, more, younger than that, my, my, my sister used to wheel me out as like a, 11, 12-year-old, when her friends used to come down, look at my wee brother, he'll give you a message from, from dead people. You know, And they used to sit there, and I used to give them sittings at a young age, almost like a party trip. Do your party trip, Tim. Uh, but but um, what we need to think about, if you are one of those, and Andy, Lawrence, and myself are admitting to it, forgive me, I only know us three really as mediums. I'm sure the rest, some of the rest of you that are joining us are mediums in one form or another. If you in a sitting have that experience, maybe not every time, but where the when the client says, Yes, I can take that person, you go, Oh, thank God, for that. you know, I really like this client. I really like this <laughs> client. I love that shirt they're wearing, you know. Um, where if they keep saying no, you think, you know what? I hate that shirt they're wearing. You know, I don't like, I've never liked this person. Um, <laughs> where is your head before you said? Or you thought, oh, thank God for that, I am a immediately. Where was your head at before that? It must've been in a very stressful place. Is that stressful place limiting what you're giving off? Are you on a subconscious level playing safe? Oh, I'm not gonna give that off because that's a very yes or no. That's a very yes or no. I did a sitting for a lady just before I came out here, a Zoom sitting an American lady uh, wanted a, a sitting on Zoom. And uh, her stepfather, came, uh, I beg your pardon, the adopted father came, which was fine. And she said, because uh, she said at the beginning, can I show you a photograph of somebody? Not a problem, but let me see who I've got first. And her adopted father came. Then she showed me a photograph of two young people, a young man and a young woman. At this point, they looked about 20. At this point, I didn't know that the young lady was her because she's now, I don't know, in her 70s or something. And I said, Well, this young man is telling me that he met you in a religious community. And she said, Yes. It was almost like one of those religious, American religious cults where they met. Well, if I'd have said, Do you understand something about? Uh, uh, religion with this man, that is not evidence. That's not a statement. That, that's a statement, that's information. But it was only when I said, this man's telling me he met you in a religious community. And she said, yes, that's that's exactly where we met was in a religious community. That's an expression of that young man's uh intelligence. Therefore it's evidence. I hope that makes sense. So, at this point, Lawrence, maybe it'd be nice if we take some, uh, some questions and then we see where we go with this.
0: Yes, certainly. Uh, before we do, thank you, Tim. Uh, something I was aware of unconsciously, uh, I've been prompted to work more in my private sittings. And oh, I did notice with a couple of the private sittings where I went into that mental state of just giving it, they flowed. Where I, where I was engaged, where you say about unconsciously having that negativity and going, oh, God, yes, 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 oh, I got that right. Oh, thank God for that. Oh, my God, that was right. And when you said it, I went, oh, my goodness, I really get that because I've just had a couple of sittings where I've just spoken and not wait, you know, I've just gone into it and it's really worked. So thank you for that.
1: Well, let, me, let me respond to that uh, with my opinion on that the mechanics of mediumship, uh, what you said there. And it's a very important point that you said there, Lars, thank you very much. Uh, I very much uh, believe the worst enemy of the medium is the medium's own consciousness, their own thought process. And sometimes we become too active in our thoughts. You know, you're in, you you have to be in an altered state of consciousness uh, which, heighten, which makes the thought process passive, which in turn heightens the sensitivity and awareness, which allows you to attune to what we understand as the spirit world, and the intelligence and the information from the spirit world we perceive through our senses, of course, our spiritual senses. But when you are, so so, um, without becoming too mechanical, you move from, there are four states of consciousness in the human brain, beta, alpha, theta, delta and the medium will move into the theta state, an evidential medium will move into the the high theta state, that platform medium, that medium, as Lawrence said, who's doing the the sittings. On the whole, it's not always the case, but on the whole, you are in the theta state. What happens in the theta state and the low alpha state, which is like the deep meditational state, there is a gland in the brain called the pineal gland, which becomes activated. And the pineal gland gives off a hormone called menotone. You can actually buy it. You can actually buy a man-made menotone from the chemist to help you sleep. And What menotone does, it, it helps you sustain the altered states of consciousness. For example, the sleep state, the, the trance state, the medium mystical states, the meditational states, and I'm talking from a spiritual point of view here, of course, but it helps you sustain those states which is why a medium can sustain a demonstration for an hour and a half, two hours um, uh, without coming up for breath. Uh, uh, now, the pineal gland, science, medical science tells you that the pineal gland stays dormant when you're in the beta state. The beta state is our everyday consciousness when there are lots of thoughts going through the, the consciousness. A lot of them are mundane thoughts. How do I cross this road without getting knocked down? What shall I have for my dinner tonight? Then you go and react to it. Does my bum look big in these trousers? Whatever it happens to be, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, people are laughing, but hey, people have those thoughts, sadly. Mundane thoughts. Uh, but that, those thoughts are keeping the pineal gland oppressed. When we start to do things, when we allow our, our thought process to become passive, uh, the pineal gland becomes active and gives off this hormone, which allows us to stay in the altered state. It is within the altered states, the low, the alpha states, and the high beta states, where the spiritual senses become activated. Clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, clairgustience, clairrefractience, clair cognoscience, um, where those spiritual senses, how we perceive the evidence from the communicating spirit becomes active. Um, if we, uh, and, we be, and then we perceive the communicator who's gonna give us that evidence that we're talking about tonight. Now, if we start doubting ourselves or saying, I don't like this client, or having the thoughts, I don't like this client because they're saying no, I don't like the dress she's wearing, where'd she get that from? Uh, my wife wouldn't look dead, be dead in one of them. And we, all these negative thoughts start creeping in. Now we're going back to the beta state. The pineal gland closes down. We lose awareness of the spiritual senses. We lose awareness of our communicator. And I'm sure this has happened to most of us in a city where you have to say to your, your client, well, oh, just give me a moment. Your, your mother's stepped away from me. Of course, she hasn't stepped away from you at all. Your awareness, your, your, your state your attunement, your state of consciousness has actually stepped away from the, the presence of the mother. The mother's not gonna come all the way from the spirit world and say, oh, do you know what, I'm going home, I can't be bothered. You know, She's here to communicate and, she, and, she's, gonna, and, and she's gonna want to communicate. Uh, so, it's, so those thoughts that we have are very, very counterproductive more so than what we think when we are trying to relay evidence. Oh, I know that was a bit long-winded, but thank
0: you very much. No, wonderful. Wonderful. We have a question on Facebook from the lovely Craig Morris, who I know has just been very active, uh, just on a week on tour, and I think he's having a well-deserved gin and tonic tonight at home. And he's been asking, I've been on the road this week, and a question I've been asked each night is how long after someone passes, can they connect to a medium?
1: So I think we have to, you know, whenever I answer these types of questions, Lawrence, we have to respect that there may be different belief systems within the room. We can't just assume, as I said at the the outset, not only spiritualists communicate with the spirit world. and different belief systems, different religious philosophies have different slants on that, on that question, that subject matter. Um, uh, but, I, and, and I think I can only answer it through experience. And I was doing a mini tour many years ago down in Kent. Uh, I think it was something like a seven day tour or something. Different centers, different churches, workshops, sittings, demonstration services. And I was doing a day for um, Dover Spiritualist Church. And, um, and then I went on in the evening to do a service for them, I think, or demonstration for them. But I think I had six sittings to do that day. And, I, and it was, I think, the third sitting, the uh, sitter that came. And I, I learned this information afterwards because she was the cousin of a student of mine at the time. So she relayed back the information to the student who relayed it back to me. So she came in for the sitting and I normally go through the normal introduction, how do you do, have you ever had a sitting before? And depending on if they say yes or no, is where I go from there. And within a couple minutes or two, you're you're into the sitting. And my statement was, I have your mother with me here, uh, uh, not, remember what we said about earlier, Not. Do you have a mother in the spirit work? Well, I have your mother with me here. And I started relaying evidence to her. And after a couple of minutes, she said, I have to stop you there, Tim. Um, everything you've given me is correct. However, I've just come from my mother's house. She literally lives 10 minutes away from here. I was with my mother literally 15, 20 minutes ago. I've come from her house to have the sitting. Uh, and I'm going back to her house afterwards. She's absolutely fine. And I said, well, okay, let me just give you a bit more evidence. Gave us some more evidence. And she said, well, that's with my mother as well. Everything you're giving is with my mother, but my mother's fine. Now, at this point, those of you who are mediums, and again, I know Lawrence is a working medium, Andy, and I've seen Jason work uh, on, on Facebook before. I've never seen him live, but I, I admire his work. Uh, and um, you know if you're working psychically with the information from somebody's energy, or if you have the company of discarnate spirit. You know that because the energy, the vibration of the energy, the intelligence within the energy is different. And I knew I had the company of this lady's mother. Now, you've got to be very careful in that situation because you go, no, no, I'm right. Your mother's dead. You can't be saying stuff like that, you know. I know you don't know it yet, but your mother is dead. You know, Um, and so I said, look, if if you don't think this is your mother, I'll ask her to step back and see who else is there. And her her mother's brother stepped forward from the spirit side of life and proved himself, but then went on to keep saying, your mother is fine now, your mother is fine. She gets, Tim, I don't understand what you're saying. I know my mother's fine. The sitting came to an end. Uh, She was comfortable because she had had her uncle, her mother's brother, um, didn't quite understand the information. You know, your mother's fine. She went back to her mother's house and her mother was dead in the chair where she left. her. Now that's quite powerful. I don't always tell that story because it sounds like I'm glorifying myself on the back of someone's dead. But that would have been no more, no more than something like 15 minutes after that lady uh, passed away that she um, commun- was communion or with my through my mediumship now if we talk about uh evidence um i was doing uh there's a lovely spiritualist church in billerickey uh i'm lying not billerickey a bulldog 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 um essex way and um i was doing a a midweek demonstration for them and I said, oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have a lady with me here. And it was a very old fashioned English name. Let's say Mildred. I have a lady with me here who's telling me she's only just passed and her name's Mildred. And she, she wants to talk to somebody here. And the lady said, oh my God, my friend Mildred died today. And I said, well, she's saying to me, did you get the two rings? And at this point, the lady starts panicking and fumbling in her handbag and said, I came home from work tonight and Mildred's husband phoned me and said, she's gone. "Uh, Are you going to church tonight? Yes, I am. Well, on your way through, can you stop off? Mildred asked me to give you something. Uh, Two rings. Two rings. An expression of the intelligence of spirit, evidence. So uh, my, my second story, certainly within, I don't know, eight hours, the first story, within at the most within 20 minutes and i think i'm comfortable with the reality you have to find your own truth that it's got a lot it's got a lot to do with two things here for me is what is the individual like on the earth plane as a communicator are they quite a withdrawn person closed person or are they comfortable communicating and interacting with other people And that's not going to change when they go to the spirit world, in my opinion. And what is their spiritual beliefs? What is their spiritual beliefs? Uh, um, And and I want to tell you another quick story that kind of backs this up. I'm I'm very much a a, a believer that when we first go to the spirit world, we hold on to quite a lot of um, more than just the personality that we are. Uh, so, for example, maybe the elements. If our if our leg was painful for fifty, our last fifty years of our life, we may have an awareness of that pain when we go to the spirit world. But very quickly, it will it will as we evolve and change our vibration, it will change. Uh, so, depending on your religious beliefs, and if, if your religious beliefs, and there are some that say you can't communicate for a certain period of time, maybe that will become your reality in the spirit world. And let me try and uh, support that with a story. I was um, doing a demonstration at a church, and I became aware of two brothers. One was the father of uh, a lady, and one obviously was the uncle, her father's brother. And her father's brother had only re- the uncle had only recently passed, something like maybe three or four weeks before. And I could feel him physically pulling me. I could feel, and he was saying, and I could hear Claire him saying, can we go to the pub, mate? Can we go to the pub? And I said to this young lady, the niece, I'm not being funny. Yeah, I can feel your uncle really insistently pulling me. He wants me to go to the pub with him. And she said he was an alcoholic. He'd still held on to that urge of wanting to go and have a pint of beer. Now, that was several years ago. I'm sure, as a spirit being, He has evolved beyond that urge to want to have a a pint of beer now. He's moved beyond that. Uh, But but let's not forget that when we we very first pass away is when we are, vibration-wise, the closest to the earth plane, of course. As we evolve, we distance ourselves from the earth plane. I don't mean mileage, but I mean through frequency, through spiritual development. I hope that has answered the question. I thank Craig for it. Uh, and I saw that Craig had gone back home, knowing him popped back home because he'll only be home for a while before he's off on his jollies again then, Craig. But uh, it's lovely to hear from him.
0: Yeah, well, he love the response. And he's also relaying a memory of Circle with Jeanette and giving a sitting oh, right. out. That's where he heard that story. But he's saying he was giving a sitting and someone came through on the evening who had passed on the same morning so uh, yes. what a wonderful wonderful gift yes. is that
1: now saying that we have you know as mediums we are, we try to be as honest as possible and i would never say this to somebody but on a very often you know you do a church service and a lady or a man will come up afterwards and say i've been coming here 16 years and my georgie's never communicated and I think, well, maybe he doesn't want to love you. <laughs> and I would never relay, I'd never say it in that way, of course, to, to them. But you know, maybe George is happy in the spirit world, and the last thing he wants to do is start being reminded of the ailments and the problems that he had when he was in the physical. And so, hey, no, I'm happy to be here with my family on the spirit side of life. Thank you very much. There's also that that we have to consider as well, of course.
0: Very true. Uh, and a penchant of mine is often, in my humble opinion, that the healing process for the person still here hasn't completed. And uh, that spirit intervention or communication could actually interfere and delay that natural grieving process that we all need to go through. 100%.
1: For Again, let me share a story that happened in this very building where I am now uh, a couple of years ago. So I was taking a class up in the town here in Neuchâtel, and I knew that I had a sitting to do that had been organized by the lady that houses me and has done for the last 13, 14 years. And um, my understanding was a lady was coming for a sitting. That was it. That's all. That's all I... You know, maybe I'll be given a name and what kind of sitting they're having. That's all I want to know. And as I left the classroom and stepped out into the street, clairvoyantly, objectively, a young man was standing there. And he said, my mum and dad are waiting for you. And in my mind, I said, no, no, it's just your mum who's coming. And he said, no, 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 my dad's there as well. They're already there. And I said, no, 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 they're coming in 30 minutes time. I'm walking back. they're not there yet no they're already there oh, okay well you go away and come back later oh no i beg your pardon and he said uh, he said tell them about the tractor tell them about the tractor okay well you go away now and i'll see you in a while when i arrived back home 10 minutes later it's a lovely walk through this swiss town on a lovely summer's day the father and mother was already there and um Uh, I went into the front room where I was going to do the sitting and the lady that I spoke for was translating it for me. And the father sat there like that with a very straight face and the mother was very open, yes, this is the medium. Um, And I said, uh, did my normal introduction and I said, actually I need to talk to the father first because I I believe you have a son in the spirit world. And he went, yeah, mm, yeah. mm, uh, mm." And the wife said, whatever his name was, let's call him George. George, of course we have a son in this field of world. Oh, we're, we're all right, okay. But he could have guessed that, okay. Um, uh, I said, well, but your son wants to talk to you. And um, he's talking about a tractor. And at this point, I became aware of the son again. And he, clairvoyantly, I saw him as a young boy, maybe four years of age, putting one of these toy go-kart tractors together. With his father, and so I relayed that your, your son's telling me about a memory that you have of this with him putting uh, a child's go kart tractor together. Nah, nah, don't you know. And the wife says, "George, of course you remember that. We bought that for his fifth birthday. You remember uh, 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 Christmas? You do remember that? You sat in the front room putting it together. Oh yeah, but he could have guessed that." Um, well you, your son's telling me that he actually died on a the tractor there's like a roll cage that goes on the back of a tractor for whatever reason they took it off and he rolled down a hill and he was crushed by the tractor and the father yeah i'm not, I'm not sure about george of course you know that that's how our son died he was crushed under a tractor the father just was not emotionally ready for the sitting. and at that point i realized tim you are hurting this man. You are hurting this man. Focus on the mother. And the mother was very open and very comfortable with the reality of having the city. The father just was not ready for it. I think what we have to remember is, and, and where a lot of mediums go wrong, is that they, they, they start and finish. The reality of mediumship is to prove, or the, or, the, or the purpose of mediumship is to prove the continuity of life, full stop mediumship is much more than that it's a healing process it has to be especially in something like a one-to-one sitting it has to be an uplift spiritually uplifting experience for the client and if they are not ready as lawrence suggested there doesn't matter how much evidence you give, you actually do more damage than good so a sitting is not right for everybody no matter how evidential you are a very good point
0: lawrence Thank you, Tim. And also, uh, one of my personal favorites is not every communication we get from spirit needs validation. It is for our information and understanding.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, everybody's gone quiet on Facebook. We've all said hellos. We've got some wonderful people, lovely Frederick uh, Hagland in. We've got Sweden represented, Denmark represented, and the UK. Uh, but nobody's asking any questions, so is anybody in the room? Hello, Andy. Andy will pick up on me. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. That's right. Good evening, evening again, Tim. Right. Um, um, I was going to say, as I'm um, um, talking about evidence, um, when the spirit communicator obviously is proved,
1: um, who they are and then they go on and they actually start talking about um
0: things that have happened in the recipient's life after the obviously the communicator has died do you think that that helps adds to uh, proving more sort of life after death
1: are you reading my aura Andy because we did that exercise with my class today oh yes exercise um very good um, I, what you know for me I love that exercise Andy and I'm sure you've done it with your students for me what that what that proves is the continuity of the mind not of the now of course there are very many debates what is the definition of mind for me and I can only tell you for me, for me the definition of mind is that thinking part that God source of the spirit uh, of the incarnate spirit uh, and for me when a grandfather comes and the medium proves grandfather, I've got George, he died of cancer. He was in the Second World War. He was in the, he was what, he was a desert rat in, 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 the, in the tanks. Yeah, 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 that's my grandfather. Well, grandfather's talking about um, a divorce that he went through after he passed. That proves that content that, that, that grandfather's intelligence has survived. Something of grandfather's intelligence has survived physical death enough that he can still perceive what is going on from the spirit side of life with, in this case, his daughter, his granddaughter. Absolutely, I think it's, it's lovely when that happens, Andy. Now, now, what we have to hastily add to that is, grandfather's not interested in watching us when we're on the toilet or, uh, forgive me for saying this, but we're all adults, making love to our partners, uh, uh, having a shower, Grandfather's not interested in sitting there watching us do that. But when our energy suggests we are having changes in our life, we are succeeding in something, we are uh, are being challenged by something, for example, a divorce, Uh, grandfather, like any grandfather, wants to be there to give that support and upliftment. Absolutely, Andy. Yeah, I I I love it. And it shows the spirit world care. The spirit world care, you know. Uh, I, 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 I love it when, um, and it's very simple, but it but it says so much behind it. When when, uh, and, and I'm sure you got you guys have had it, where you're doing a demonstration and, and you say, "Oh, now just before I finish, grandfather's saying happy birthday to you." Oh, it's my birthday tomorrow. Yes, grandfather cares enough that love and that bond from the spirit side of life is still there. The grandfather makes a mental note that it's my grandson's birthday and I need to acknowledge that. Why do I want to acknowledge it? Because I still love. It. Yes, it's evidence, but and this is something else we need to go into. Uh, yes, it's evidence, but it's evidence from somebody who cares, from somebody who loves. And, 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 and I think as mediums, what we... So thank you for that, for that question, Andy. And my answer to you is, yes, I love that form of of mediumship and evidence there. Um, But I think what we have to understand is we are not one dimensional We are not, as human beings, we are not one dimensional. And neither are our loved ones in the spirit world. So, and I've studied this a bit, and, and I think there's five expressions of evidence that I can come up with. And everything else seems to fit in the categories of these five. So there are five different, from my perspective, there are five different expressions of evidence. Factual evidence, emotional evidence, uh, yeah, emotional evidence, spiritual evidence, symbolic evidence, and subjective evidence. Let me explain what subjective evidence is because some of you are saying, what's that? Those of you who do a lot of sittings, I'm sure you're very comfortable to ask within the structure of the city, do you have any questions to your client? Do you have any questions you wish to ask whoever the, commu- your grandfather, whoever the communicator is? And they're normally the same ones. when am I going to get a new job? Am I going to leave my man? Uh, when am I going to win the lottery? Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's quite materialistic, but there you go. They have the right to ask those questions. Grandfather will give his opinion. Subjective, subjective, now, it's the weakest form of evidence. And I say that because the client may not agree with grandfather's opinion. And i tell you a classical example. Uh, if a medium says, well, your grandfather's telling me you're being very stubborn about this situation with yourself and your husband. There is nobody in this earth who's gonna say, yeah, I'm a stubborn so-and-so, me. they can say, me, stubborn? Not a chance, not a chance. I'm not stubborn, not at all. So you're gonna get a no for that, however, It is grandfather's opinion, subjective evidence, Uh, symbolic evidence. Um, Some of you will have symbols within your mediumship. I'm I'm one of those mediums who don't particularly care for symbols. I think I've probably got about half a dozen Um, now. uh, And and the symbol must be uh, logic to you, the medium, because it's moving through the faculties of your mind, your mediumship. So for example, if I see the spirit world showed me a half a bottle of whiskey tucked away at the back of the cupboard, I would know what they were trying to tell me was somewhere within that family there is an alcoholic who was hiding the facts. Why is that why, why is that half a bottle of whiskey relevant to me as, a, as an alcoholic? Because my father was an alcoholic and they're the experiences that I used to have. I'm proud enough to say my father was teetotal when he died. Um, but uh, there was a time, sadly, when he was an alcoholic. Um, if I see a balloon, I know it's a birthday. If I see a blue balloon, I know it's a boy's birthday, a pink balloon, I know it's a girl's birthday. Um, uh, but that's more or less how much it goes for me for, for um, symbolic evidence. The beauty about symbolic evidence is it saves energy. The spirit world know that a medium can work for an hour and a half, two hours, Then they're depleted of the energy and they have to go and do something completely different, have a cup of tea, watch a film, whatever, to replenish their spiritual energy. So there are times when the spirit world will give, if you like, shorthand, if you remember that phrase, shorthand with the secretary's uh, information. So, for example, a half bottle of whiskey will tell a monologue of information that, that hopefully the way that the medium presents it, it becomes evidence. Uh, spiritual evidence. And I, and I like to, when I talk about spiritual evidence, I like to give an example. So let me give an example of a lady in the spirit world. Let me give it first of all as factual evidence. I was married to the bank manager. Because my husband uh, uh, earned very really good money, we, we bought a manor house in a village. We needed a manor house because we had six children. And sadly, five years after uh, I moved in, we moved into that house, I kept getting pains in my um, breasts. And I went to the doctor, and it was discovered that I had breast cancer and I died in the summer. Uh, my family was never right since I died. They, the older children moved away, and the family's never been right since. Very factual story from the spirit world. Let me show you that in a spiritual through spiritual evidence. We never lived in a house. We lived in a home. A home with a big heart for a big family. And we had beautiful summers there. But sadly, one summer God called me home. And my family still suffer since I left them. Two uh, stories through mediumship that are exactly the same evidence, but presented in different ways. Um, we've looked at factual evidence, emotional evidence. Quite often, the spirit world will express how proud they are of you because you've just passed your driving test. Uh, how 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 happy they are for you because you've just got married. We come back to what Andy was saying about what they've observed after you after they pass. Uh, So their emotions will be expressed but supported by factual evidence. So that becomes emotional evidence. Uh, For me, they're the five expressions of evidence uh, through a communicator uh, that that will very, very much be offered up. What we have to ask ourselves is as mediums or developing mediums. So who dictates how I present my evidence? Should I present it factually today? Should I present it spiritually today? Should I present it through symbology today? But of course, it's the communicator. It's not the medium to to decide. It's the communicator that will inspire the medium because the communicator knows how to best present it to have the greatest impact in a positive way for their loved one, your client. I hope that makes sense. Lawrence.
0: Very much, very much, and wonderfully explained. Thank you, Tim. All of you listening, Tim will be sending out the invoice for this masterclass after the end of the <laughs> after the end of the evening. Uh, we do have a question online here from Anne Bennett. Um, she's been waiting patiently and she says, I have also heard of the spirit of someone being given as a person's mum. It turned out that she was still on the earth plane, but had really bad dementia. She apparently wanted to speak to the daughter with a specific message. What are your thoughts on that, Tim?
1: Okay, so good evening, Anne, and thank you very much for that question. Um, We have to, for me, for me, uh, and spiritual scientists, and I say spiritual scientists, scientists that have a spiritual leaning will tell you their studies suggest that we in the physical and the spirit world share the same space. We're just moving at different vibrations. I'm comfortable with that reality. Again, you must find your own truth. Uh, And that's why a, a medium has to take their awareness and sensitivity to a different vibration to attune to that vibration that we know as the spirit world. The spirit world isn't somewhere over the horizon is here right now. Sadly, I might be poking someone in the eyes right now. I hope I'm not. Uh, (laughs) uh, Forgive me, my dry sense of humor there, warped sense of humor. Um, uh, So you're either in this reality or in the spirit world. There is no in between. However, however, there are cases where things like dementia, people being in comas, where the spirit Incarnate spirit begins gradually to withdraw from the physical. And and the consciousness is very passive because it's in a very sick place, sadly. Uh, And I think sometimes a medium can communicate with that said spirit of that very sick person, and it's very, very similar, very similar to communicating with discarnate spirit. And some mediums do not realize. Uh, the difference and I'm not saying I always realize the difference but again when you're working with somebody who is of this physical reality or somebody who is of the spirit reality the vibration is different and again I'm sure uh, Jason, Lawrence and Andy would somewhat agree with that and it's through your sensitivity it's through your sensitivity but, 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 but there has been occasions When I've given a sitting and I'll say something, I have your mother with me here, blah, 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 blah. I say, oh my my mother's still alive. She's very sick in the hospital. She's in a coma. And oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't, I thought I was communicating with this karmic spirit. But on the whole, I will have an awareness through my sensitivity. And it's an extension of of this uh, uh reality. We are all adults here. This is not my humor jumping in, by the way, we are all adults. We know the difference between a male and a female. We're all adults. I'm sure some of you have stood uh, either cooking a meal in the kitchen with your back to the door or to the kitchen sink doing some washing up with your back to the door, and somebody walks in to the kitchen. And before they've said anything, you know exactly who it is. Oh, that's my cousin Johnny. I didn't realize he was in the house. Or oh, that's my mother. That's my, my I'm not talking about from the spirit world, I'm talking in the physical. They walk into the kitchen and you know exactly who it is because of, because of their presence. We know the difference between, those of you who are mean, we know the difference between a male and a female. Someone who's old, someone who's young, someone who died suddenly, someone who had a drawn-out illness, someone who died of a suicide, someone who died in an accident. We know that through our sensitivity. And in the same ilk, we know it's slightly more harder, but in the same you will come to know in your development if somebody is of the spirit world or of this world. Although sometimes, I don't like this phrase, but I'll use it for the sake of this discussion. They are somewhat in between the two, somewhat in between the two, because of illnesses like comas, uh, uh, dementia, and things sadly like that. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I agree with her i've had those experiences and you know this the spirit can call out from either side of life
0: wonderfully explained i have experienced that in a sitting myself even with the name which all bear revel relevance uh but again yeah so absolutely wonderful uh, we've gone quiet on the question front. Is there anybody in the room would like to ask anything? You're all lovely. Leslie is sat there, all quiet and attentive. And Jason is waving. And Andy, look at that! They're all they're all kicking off now. Um, Jason, you first, sir. Uh.
2: Hello, thank you, Tim. Um, fascinating to listen to. Um, so you know, you sit in, when you sit in circles, you hear lots of um, new mediums saying that they wish to advance the level of detail of their messages and how do they do that? And a lot of them seem to be under the impression it's a case of just sitting longer and sitting for longer and sitting for longer and somehow some door will suddenly open. Um, Would you not agree that a big part of development in mediumship is also development as a person? So not only dealing with your traumas but also educating yourself on the world? If you do. 100%.
1: Uh, so first of all, Jason, we've never met before, but I have seen you work and uh, uh, and I admire your work. It's lovely to meet you in person. Um, and I agree with you 100%. Sadly, we, we live in a world where, um, uh, and England and Switzerland, where I am at the moment, are two classical examples, um, where um, mediumship, it is a career move um, as opposed to a calling. And we have people um, leaving school very much in England. And it's, you know, back in the sixties, it was, well, I'm going to join the army, or I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be, I'm going I'm to be a teacher. And now you can add to that list, I'm going to be a medium. And we've had the lovely Jason, uh, Jason, we've had the lovely uh, Craig Morrison. And for Craig, it worked. Craig became a medium at a very young age after he left school. And for him, it worked. But I know of many people that it hasn't worked. And I think quite often because, and I agree with Jason, you cannot develop, well, you can uh, through techniques, but there is a shallowness to it. But in reality, you cannot really develop your medium mystical ability without developing self, without developing self on a spiritual level. Now that does, and I, when I say that, and I'm sure when Jason says it, he, he's referring to the same thing. That doesn't mean you have to become saintly. You just have to become nice, just be nice. Just be nice for God's sake. If, if, if we just had a world of nice people, how, how, how wonderful this world would be. Be considerate of each other in what you do. We all make mistakes. That's part of life's journeys. But, but acknowledge those mistakes, learn from those mistakes and move forward. And, and I quite often say to students, uh, um, before you come to know the spirit world, you have to come to know yourself. And But in knowing yourself, because we are a spirit, in knowing yourself, you automatically become uh, uh, in attuned with and knowing of the spirit world. Because we are an extension of the spirit world. So if you want to get to know the spirit world, get to know yourself. Have an understanding of your likes and dislikes, why you like this, why you dislike that. Have an understanding of, what, you know, why is it that guy keeps playing bleeding bass music at two o'clock in the morning next door? He's doing my editing. Well, hang on a minute. Let's just look at that.
2: Jason. Sorry, um, just to add to what I asked, and I'm sure you get into it or, or I've not expressed it uh, quite properly but also on a, like an educational basis. Because, I mean, I remember doing a sit-in not so long ago where the gentleman said um, he was at the Battle of Oran, which is the sinking of the French fleet. I didn't know that, but earlier that morning, my television had kept playing an episode of this particular documentary. And I was like, well, I don't understand why you're showing me this battle until the sit-in. And then it was like, I needed to know that word to give the uh, gentleman proper um, credit or expression. And a lot of, do you not find that a lot of um, learning mediums, they don't want to develop factual knowledge of the world. And so things can sound very generic because they don't know deeper understanding of the physical material world itself.
1: So again, absolutely. What we have
2: to understand and acknowledge is
1: there are two types of mediumship: mental mediumship and and and, uh, 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 and and physical mediumship. And what we're talking here is mental mediumship, and that's what Jason's referring to. So the more knowledge you give, vast knowledge you give yourself, the the bigger the platform, if you like. Remember, the information has to move through the faculties of the mind. That's why it's called mental mediumship. So the more information that's stored within. The faculties of the mind, the more the spirit world can tap into to relay that the very subject we're talking about here tonight, evidence, like the names and titles of battles, the names and titles of, of trades, if you like, uh, that different people are, are, are doing. You know, I, I don't know, I oh, have your grandfather here, he was a Thatcher, uh, as opposed to, I have your grandfather here. What's the name of that thing where you put that hay and straw on a roof? Oh my God, who is this medium? You you know, so absolutely. Uh, You know, and and you can educate yourself to enrich your mediumship in many different ways. It doesn't have to be within a dictionary. It doesn't have to be from some book you got from Cambridge University. Uh, One of the ways, uh, one one of the things I pride myself when I'm doing my mediumship is the age. I'm very good at, I have your grandfather here. As I look at your grandfather, I know he was 72 as he went to the spirit world. The way I train myself with that is, has anybody watched the, um, uh, the program, The Chase? Yeah? Okay, it's a, it's a quiz competition and there will be four candidates on it and they'll ask questions. And there is a quiz expert who chases them down. And if they catch them uh, question-wise, then you're kicked out of the competition. And it's all to do, there's, there's, there's financial uh, prize involved. But at the beginning of the program, these four candidates introduce themselves by saying, hello, my name's Tim. I come from uh, the West Midlands, and I am 61 years of age. They always give their age. But before they give their age, I will say what I perceive their age to be as I look at them. So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be uh, as educated as someone who's got a doctoring at Cambridge or Oxford University. But the the more vast information you have stored within your mind, the, the more greater the reservoir that the spirit world can tap into when they're giving information. Um, uh, uh, And if I even take that one step further from what Jason is saying here, life's experiences will so help a medium. What I mean by this is, uh, and I mean this sincerely when I say this, how can a medium do justice to somebody who died of starvation if they've never been hungry themselves? How can, a a medium do justice to a prostitute? Hey, somebody has to go and earn living in many different ways. I'm not measuring the rights or wrongs of prostitution here. I'm just giving it as factual information. How can a a medium do justice to a prostitute if they've never sold their body themselves? How can a medium do justice to to, uh, somebody who commits suicide, if they have never had that experience themselves. And you may be sitting there and saying, yeah, but how can I have experience of committing suicide or selling my body? Well, you can through meditation. Meditation is a very powerful thing. And the spirit world can give you many different types of experiences that will enrich and empower both the intelligence, what Jason was speaking about there, and the experience through meditation that will empower um, uh, when you give the evidence uh, to your client from the communicator. For example, if a mother says, uh, Tell my daughter, the client, a mother from the spirit world says, Tell my daughter I, I love her. And the, the medium, through their experience, rejects love because I've been married five times and I hate all my wives. They were all bad. Nothing to do with him, of course. They were all bad. Uh, my mother hated me, my father was an alcoholic and he left home when I was five. I don't experience love at all. The, the medium's probably not going to give himself or herself in that moment the experience of submerging within the energy of that love that that mother's expressing. So when they, so when they express it to, the, to the, the client, the daughter of the mother, it's just empty words. Your mother loves you. It's just empty words as, aspo- as opposed to, you know, your mother loves you and I can truly feel that love to the point where the client can feel that love as well because the, the medium is allowing on a medium mystical ba- level to bathe within that love. So I agree 100% with Jason. To be a medium is more than just being in the company of the spirit. It, it's, it's many different aspects. And one of those is educating yourself in as many different fields as possible. Now, there are some, very briefly, before I hand back to to, to, to Lawrence, there are some areas of education that are more easy for you to uh, embrace than others. And I'll give two examples, if I can. Um, um, Albert Best, who was a fantastic medium. Um, Some of you may have heard of Albert Best, uh, an Irish gentleman born, Oh, I think it was uh, oh, I think it was Dublin. Oh, I'm not sure now. Somewhere in Ireland, and as a young man, moved to just outside Belf- uh, Belfast. He was born and moved to Scotland, just outside Glasgow, where he spent the rest of his life. He worked in a sorting office. If you know what a sorting office is, where you're um, sorting through the post and putting it in pigeonholes. holes. Oh, Thompson Road that goes in that pigeon hole. Thompson Road that goes in that pigeonhole. hole. the postman comes and takes the post and takes it off to thompson mode so he was educating himself every day with full addresses one of the things albert best was best known for was giving full addresses in his leadership of the communicator because it came natural to him because he educated himself there on things like full addresses Uh, i used to be very much involved in motor car sports um, I, for a while I was a racing car driver uh, my ego I, ca- I can't help myself my ego has to do it I was ranked third in East Anglia and 49th in Europe I'll, I'll, I'll get away from my ego now so I get, quite often I will get young men or women who die in car accidents and I will tell quite a lot about the model of the car the year of the car because it's something that I educated myself in back in the day So the spirit world definitely will tap into experiences and knowledge that you have. It's a it's a blackboard of opportunity for the spirit world to tap into without a doubt. It was a bit long-winded, but I agree with you, Jason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderfully explained there, Tim. Also, could I just sort of like put a general question out there on that? energy there about uh, mediumistic development do you think uh, that within our religion philosophy understanding whatever your terminology that sometimes our mediums actually sabotage their development because they want to be a medium so they have that end point in sight and again i want to be a medium but not really grasping what that entails what that goes on and the most important fact that is uh, this is going to sound odd you are never the medium that you can be because every day every way you progress and move on and bringing that into people's awareness we can get you to a stage in your mediumship but we're not going to make you a medium because there is no end point to it
1: absolutely so, several, several points here, uh, Lawrence, wonderful question. Um, uh, I, I think, again, we live in a very commercial, mediumistical, commercial world. And if you can give, if medium A can give greater factual evidence than medium B, this, this, is, this is the downfall of the clients, by the way. If medium A can give greater factual evidence than medium B, medium A is more likely to earn a living out of the mediumship. The medium be sad fact of life. Uh, give me my mother's name and I'll, and I'll pay you for that. Don't give me my mother's name. Well, you're not good. I won't recommend anybody to come and have a sitting with you. Sadly, uh, I agree. Our, our development of mediumship is very much an ongoing You know, I, I've been aware of the spirit world since I've been seven. I formally started developing when I was 19. I'm now 61. I still learn. I still learn. You know, something that so moved me the other day. Uh, I I will divert a little bit, but then I'll come back to something I I need to highlight to to support what Lawrence is saying. Um, I was teaching uh, here in Switzerland in a different school than what I'm in uh, today. Uh, I was teaching trance healing to a group and I've given a trance sitting to a lady and after the sitting, immediately after the sitting, when I'd come out of trial, she broke down crying. Now I'm sure that the, the sitting moved her somewhat on an emotional level. But I, I, I said, you know, I can't her and you're okay know, she said, Tim, I'm a, I'm a doctor. And uh, they're all doctors and nurses and lawyers, things like that who come to the mediumship uh, to look at alternatives in Switzerland, very much so. You get very educated people. Why they come to a clown like me, God only knows. There you go. Um, um, and she said, she broke down crying and said, I work with a lot of people, all my work colleagues, all my friends, the only science they know is medical science. I have to hide the fact that I am a healer. And it's so, is destroying me. And that's why she was crying. We don't realise how lucky we are in, in uh, England. We really don't, how open we can be. However, because of that, because we can be so open, it gives space to make a career out of mediumship, which then beggars the the question that, okay, as a professional medium, you've got to come up with the goods because you're professional. It's now commercial. Um, When I was a teacher and course organizer at the Arthur Kingley College, I had a group, it was a very successful group uh, class, and they'd left. And I was sat in the sanctuary, if you know the Arthur Pendi College, because I was a course organizer, I could say what classroom I had. I always used to have the sanctuary because that's where my mentor always used to work. I have wonderful memories of the sanctuary. And I thought, I just want to sit. I just want to sit in the company of the spirit. And I want to ask my people in the spirit world, my guides, my inspirers, how can I take these students forward? How can I make them understand that there is no end to their development. Uh, and I'm sitting in this meditational state and the answer came back from, you won't know my guide, but uh, I know Andy has met him, from Edward, uh, a, a guide of mine. He's no better than anybody else's guide, by the way. But Edward said to me, oh, that's very easy to me. Very, very easy. Tell your evidential mediums to stop looking for the wow factor to stop looking for the telephone numbers and the full names and, the, and, and how, how the communicators stop looking for that so tell your he- healers to stop looking for the healing results so tell them to stop looking for that tell your trance mediums to stop looking for the wonderful philosophy that's being expressed through the spoken word tell them to stop looking for that and look for the company of the spirit and when they find the company of the spirit, then the development will truly start. And then they will uh, achieve whatever goals they need to, to achieve. Need to achieve. But I think sometimes, because it's all, I've got to earn a living now as a medium. It's got to be a career move now, now, now. I don't want it in five years' time. It's, I want it now. I, 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 uh, um, uh, we forget to be in the company of the spirit. And we become... Um, uh, some form of entertainment, some form of entertainment. You know, I took, I, took, I took a phone call from a student of mine in Wales a few years ago, and she said, I have a problem, too. And I said, OK, well, you know, if I can help you, what's the problem? She said, well, I'm sitting for chance, and the spoken word isn't coming through my chance, being expressed in the spirit world. I said, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, tell me how long have you been sitting? She said, well, I've sat three times now. I've sat three times. And the spoken well, oh, for God's sake, just sit in the company of the spirit. And I think sometimes we 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 lose sight as we come, we we'll come back to Lawrence's question about this, the value and, and the beauty of the journey of development. Which is ongoing. We, we, we. It doesn't always have to be done in the company of the spirit world, as Jason has said about education. There, that aspect of your mediumship, but also the spiritual development that can come through medita different types of meditations. There are several different types. We use the word meditation. It's very much a umbrella statement. You know, there are different types of meditations. Meditation. Visualization, uh, sitting in the power, relaxation, and contemplation. And I recommend mediums should do all of those to, to, to further their spiritual growth of themselves and their relationship with the spirit world. Um, uh, you know, you, you can, and, and uh, I had a very good friend, and I know uh, Andy knows him. Um, um, uh, God, a very good friend, and I've forgotten his name. <laughs> Mike, Hunter. Mike Hunter. and uh, he walked into a spiritualist church, and two years later, he and I uh, started teaching in a school in, in Munich, in Germany. And with him, rightfully so, he had developed that much in those two years. It was right for him. However, to to to, to if you like to work publicly, in, in, in this case, on a platform in, in Munich. However, they, because we use these, we use these titles, and I think very wrongfully, I'm only a local medium, uh, I'm a working medium, or I'm a professional medium, or I'm an international medium, as if it's some kind of status quo. You know, it's some kind of, I'm an international medium. I must say, who gives a hoot where you're teaching you know, you're, you're representing the spirit world, wherever you are. I have to tell you, one of the best sittings I ever had was on a barge from an 80-year-old lady who told me so much that was correct. I've yet, and, and I said to her, how, how often do you work? And she said, oh, I might do one sitting a month. And, and maybe I'll do two services a year in a local church. It's, it's, it's the intention to be in the company of the spirit and it's the intention, as Lauren said there, to allow yourself to go on a journey of spiritual unfoldment that has no destination, that has no destination. We have an understanding as spiritualists, as mediums, that at the point of physical death, the, 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 the ability or the opportunity to continue to grow does not cease to exist. It is still there, the opportunity to grow as a spirit being is still there. So, that, that, uh, that potential to grow as a spiritual being, immaterial to a mediumship, is, is, is a journey of eternity. I fully agree, Lawrence. Fully agree. Sadly, I don't know. And then we have to look at the teaching that we're doing. Hey, that's how I own my living as a teaching. So, I have to say, that maybe I'm, I'm guilty. Um, uh, I, know, I know you're involved with different groups, Lawrence. I know Andy teaches. I don't know about Jason uh, or, or the rest of you. Um, but how it, we have a responsibility as teachers to inspire our students when it's right or when it's not right to go public. When it's, when it's right and when it's not right to, to say, you're no longer the student, you're now the medium although spiritually, we're always a student. <clears throat> when do we take our students through these different stages, if you like, of their development? I repeat, it's ongoing eternity. But, but we have a responsibility as students. You know, I, I was saying to Lawrence before we went on air, I'm in a school here in Switzerland, and it's a problem that Switzerland has right now uh, because it's the approach all over Switzerland. They enroll, they sign a contract, a legal contract for one year. Um, I see them for three weekends. Each group I will see for three weekends. There's normally about 24 in a group. By the next year, there will be another 24 sitting in the same chairs. At the end of that year, so they, they will probably have maybe eight, 10 weekends worth of work in that year. At the end of that year, they will, have, they will leave with a certificate saying, I am a medium. This school's just told me I am a medium. And then they'll go and open their own school. It's, it's so It's so damaging. It is so wrong. Uh, and this is why there are mediumship schools on just about every corner in Switzerland right now. Doesn't mean they're quality. It's the same in England. There are circles on every corner in, in, in England. They're in every town in England. Doesn't necessarily mean they're all quality um, uh, and it's recognizing by a teacher now I say teacher that your teacher may be the spirit world at what stage you know rea- reality says I'm at this stage our ego says no no I'm at this stage we have to be careful with that
0: Lawrence very true thank you Tim uh honesty is so nice to hear at times it seriously is and i'm not being condescending whatsoever uh i often say you know there's ten thousand pianists but only one will be a concert pianist absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah so yeah. and also just very quickly back to jason there a very handy technique i was taught uh, regarding my education working the spirit was to take the opportunities, so sitting on a bus, in a bar, and looking at people and describing them in your mind. Uh, so that was a really useful technique. So, you know. You have...
1: the... i tell you what me and Mike Hunter used to do, Lawrence, we would sit in airports when we first started going aboard, and we'd look at somebody and say, right, read their energy. This takes uh, some, some nerve, read their energy. What job do they do? Now go up and start talking to them and find out how right or wrong you are. Um, absolutely,
2: yeah. We, we um, did in a circle of that, Lawrence, with um, animals. You know, symbolism, people, people give an animal as a symbol, but then the animal is only ever symbolic of one thing. And it's like, perceive the animal in your mind, bring it to life, describe it, and then use the rest of the description you know, to expand the symbol rather than keep it as one singular word. Like an elephant just doesn't have a good memory, does it? Uh, very good.
0: Yeah,
2: very,
1: very, very, very
2: good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My spirit which, is, and- which,
1: which, which comes back to what I said earlier. I think it was before you joined us, Jason. Sadly, we see too many mediums saying one-worded statements off of our platforms. You would understand August, August being the one word. Whereas if we practice practices like you just said, we we get used to telling full statements, full stories, full pictures from what the spirit world is telling us. Absolutely, yeah, very good.
0: Brilliant, thank you, Tim. My spirit animal, by the way, is a cheeseburger uh, and I'm sticking (laughs) with that. (laughs) Tim, I can't thank you enough again. I am so indebted, however, I actually get to meet you and the wonderful Jeanette this year here at Paul in September.
1: You certainly do, mate. I'm looking forward to
0: it. Yeah, hugely, hugely uh, here too. Very great excitement. I
1: I have to say I was so disappointed that I couldn't come and see you and Jack when Jack was over from Denmark. I was just so tied down. Um, It must have been lovely to have him over. I, I love Jack. He's a lovely, he's a true ambassador for spirit
0: hugely uh we hit it off as we've done here online and to when he turned up the little monkey uh he he was meant to be here in the afternoon of the sunday so the sunday morning we i was getting ready for the service and as usual i'm in there yakking away to people and i just glanced at the doorway and i saw somebody and i thought we can take that bloody out off they're in a church and I carried on the conversation. And then I looked back and I went, oh, my God. I embarrassed myself. I was. <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely beautiful man. And Blower as well. Absolutely stunning. Oh,
1: gorgeous. How he managed to hook that one, God only knows.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I did say to her, you know, blink twice if you're being held against your will. But she never did. So.
1: <laughs> absolutely. So, so if I
0: could. I know
1: we're bringing it to an end, Lawrence, but if I could just give one piece of advice as a closing: if you are chasing the evidence within your mediumship, you're too involved. Mm. Don't go chasing the evidence; let the evidence come to you. Let the evidence come to you. And I have to tell you, I think the gap between student and superstar medium is shorter than, smaller than what they think, nor what we think it is. There was actually a student that learnt me, the teacher, that if you're chasing the evidence, you're too involved in a book. God, he is so right. He is so right. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Lawrence.
0: No, Tim, thank you again. So indebted to you. And really can't wait to meet both you and Jeanette later on in the year in September. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, both here in the Zoom room tonight and also the wonderful people joining in online to watch at home. Thank you. Thank you. Next week's Lyceum night reverts back to our Facebook pages, so my page, church page and our YouTube channel, and we'll be talking to Margaret Challenger from South Wales on the standards of mediumship. And Margaret uh, has got a video out there, I will post a link to that again to watch, because there is a very honest and without any animosity talking about the standard of mediumship today and when i saw that i thought i need to talk to this lady she is fascinating so thank you everybody Uh, if you wish to unmute and say add your congratulations please do everybody on facebook we're just about to sever your link (laughs) sounds rather rude doesn't it Uh, but thank you for joining us we look forward to seeing you again next week thank you wonderful
2: night Um, thank you Thank you thank you so much